Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-host, Mickey Turner. This is the other voice that you hear. Tim Foss. Of course, Ari Lillian Wall. This has been an extremely weird podcast. Getting dragged all day. So the bottom line is they, they don't have an answer to that. There's a reason they got signed to first team contracts. And if you're not going to give them respect for that, then have fun losing again next Very year. special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounders. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. We're doing sort of a, a special edition today. Uh, we are talking about the Jimi Hendrix kit that just came out. Uh, I am I am kind of excited to talk about this, but to help me unpack this and to give a little bit more of a fuller perspective on it, I brought in two people who I think you will know well from the Sounder at Heart community, Tim Foss, who of course runs Match Fitness, but is a regular guest on the Sounder at Heart podcast. Uh, say hi, Tim. Hey. And then Beth Mantle, who is making her Sounder at Heart podcast debut, I believe, today, uh, you may know her as Bread on Twitter. She is also known as Queen of Cascadia on Sounder at Heart. Uh, but she's also the person that runs Sounder at Heart's media or uh, social media channels. Someone who uh, I love having involved in Sounder at Heart these days. And I'm really excited she agreed to do the podcast today. Say hi, Beth. Hey, y'all. So, all right, let's get started. Uh, the, the, the kit came out today. Uh, it's officially called the Jimi Hendrix kit. I think a lot of people, at least I have been trying to make it happen. Purple Haze is what I've been calling it. Uh, I don't know if that will stick. We'll see what, what ends up sticking. Just like Nuclear Orca was not actually the official name of the, the famous black kit. Uh, I think it was, I can't remember, what was that one called? I think it's Pitch Black. Pitch Black, there we go. Uh, but anyway, so it, it, this one came out, and I think in some ways it's one of the more... It's certainly, I think, the one of the more bold design choices they've made. I think it has, in some ways, what I found most interesting, though, about it is that a lot of this, like, we've gotten pretty used to, I think, negativity surrounding a lot of the Sounders kits before they come out. They've bombed pretty bad. The last two green kits bombed pretty bad. The black kit came out. I think people liked it, but it was, I mean, it was black with pink. There was, I, I, I liked it. it. There wasn't a lot to it, though. But this one, there's a lot there. Uh I think to take a word, a phrase from Tim, he said, it definitely has a vibe. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I feel like I, in the last several kit launches, have found myself in the position of being like, well, it's not as bad as you think. Like I haven't particularly loved the last couple primary jerseys, but I was like, they're fine they don't deserve as much hate as right. they've received. And this time I'm like evangelizing for a kit that when pictures first started coming out, I did not expect to be as into, but yeah, it's definitely got a vibe. Yeah. So uh, like, I'll give you my own, my own journey with this kit. When I first saw the images that tw like leaked out that were kind of like an artist rendering of them, I was skeptical, we'll say. I, I did not, I, I, I was hoping there was going to be more there. 
I believed that it was rooted in reality, but it was, I, my hope was that it was going to look different enough that they wouldn't be doing them justice. And I think in some ways I was, I was right. When you see them live, I think that there's more there than you maybe initially think, but in another way, the, the initial law, like kits that they, the, the leaks were really accurate, actually, like they captured the essence of what's there. Uh, Beth, I how do you, what, like, What's been your journey of this? How do you feel about the kit? I have been campaigning for a purple kit for months now, since like before October, I think was my first tweet about it, but it's been in my head for a while now. Um, So when the first leaks started coming out that it was actually purple, I was very excited. Um, That was quickly tempered when I saw the first leak that came out and it was orange and yellow for some reason. And also had that weird camo pattern again. I was like, please, no, do not ruin a purple kit like this. And I was also not thrilled seeing the leak that came out a few days ago. Um, things don't look very good on MLS's website. And I think <laughs> That's true. once you understand that, it makes it a little bit easier to swallow. Um, I will go on the record saying I don't like the colors yellow and orange, just from like a color perspective. I think they're bad colors. Um, so putting them on my purple jersey is not, would not be my choice. I was really hoping for some blue and white action. Thought that would be nice, classy. Maybe throwing some silver in the numbers. I think you got a good kit there. Um, but yeah, we'll revisit that kit in like 10 years when we decide to do another cool purple kit. But yeah, it's <laughs> the kit has definitely grown on me today. I, I don't think I'll be going out and purchasing it. I mean, you can't, you'll be getting them in October. But right, if I could, I, I wouldn't probably be going out. But I, I don't hate them anymore. So that's good, I think. Yeah. I, I think I would like to think that even the and there were some hot, hot, hot takes coming out about this. Like even this morning, I was seeing people before before the actual launch at ten thirty. You know, people were kind of catching up to the kit le- leak from yesterday, and there was like lots of this is garbage, like hot, hot garbage, hot take type stuff. Like the worst kit in MLS. I, I don't think I saw a lot of like loud defenses. I at least. And I, I'll be honest, like I, even as recently as yesterday, I was, I was writing up a column that basically, and, be, and I think this was in my head because I had just reread, this is very online. So you'll accuse me. You, I mean, you'll, you'll pardon me, but there is a Twitter account called fart. And a few years ago, he tweeted out a photo of some van shoes that had like a zebra pattern on them. And he said, I don't remember buying them, but I bought him roast my shoes and it was like hours of just him being roasted. And some of it was like very, like I was, I was just rereading this the other day and I was crying uh, because I was laughing so hard. And I, and that was the, that like, because it was like vaguely similar design pattern, I kind of went there and was like, this could be like roast my kit. I was going to actually put out a tweet, like saying roast this kit. And then I, I realized, then I kind of started hearing more about the background of it. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to walk off the ledge and hear the story a little bit more because I have a feeling the story is going to, uh, going to change my mind. And I will admit I short, then I, I actually got a kit yesterday. Like the sounder sent me one, which I was like pretty, that was kind of a cool thing, but I, I took it out of the box and it looks a lot better in person especially when you pair it with this amazing scarf. I mean, the scarf is, is I think legitimately amazing. In fact, you probably could take the pattern from the scarf and put that on a kit 
and it would be just as outrageous but in some ways i think it would be even cooler so that's my next campaign is to get that like kind of paisley it's not paisley what would you call that geometric shapes tim what would you call that design yeah i mean it's sort of like funky grandma yeah pattern like yeah, it's like i guess blanket. it's a geometric probably like throw yeah it's like a throw the inspiration yeah, for that go. initial yeah. pattern but but yeah. yeah i mean i and then i think they handled the launch about as like this is the best la- kit launch maybe in mls history i mean it's an amazing kit launch it's like as just as a as a media event bringing in all these local musicians to like rep it i think they they created a great story behind it i think getting the Jimi hendrix foundation involved is or the estate involved and and having all these like uh charitable organizations that they're gonna be giving actually not that i mean it's fifty thousand dollars which i ironically at the time they're like well to get to fifty thousand dollars these are gonna have to sell like hotcakes well they probably did that today uh yeah because it apparently sold out everywhere um but yeah i beth how what did you like are you are you swayed at all by the story do you what like what's how what did it do for you i i think the story is really good and i think how the sounders digital team has done everything on the launch has been great and it has definitely i think changed a lot of opinions on it um and that's all you could really want um i really like the idea of a community kit but i think it would have it would have been more well received if other teams kind of had that. I don't think I've seen anything about the idea of a community kit around it, it MLS. Did, it did which, seem to come out of nowhere. I have to admit, I'm with you there. I, I'm a little skeptical that this is a league-wide initiative because I've yet to hear any other team talk about it. Yeah, I think people would have grasped it faster if we like had some idea that this was going to happen, that we were getting something a little bit out of left field, but like something that had to do with Seattle. Um, and I also think that a kit that has to be explained is a bit dangerous because if someone's not there to hold your hand and tell you what it's about, you can get some, some interesting opinions on it. But I think that's just like something that comes with the territory of having a really out there kit. Tim, where do you fall on that? Like, do you think how, how necessary is the backstory for the appreciate, like not just the, like, I think to fully appreciate it, clearly the backstory is important, but just even to see it on the street, like when you see this kid on the street, do you, what's your reaction? I mean, I think it depends, you know, it's okay to like things and it's okay to not like things. And Absolutely. your reasons for not liking things are totally valid to you. And if you just don't like certain colors, that's totally okay. Beth doesn't like orange and yellow. I know plenty of people who feel similarly, generally speaking, I don't like orange and yellow. I know people who don't like purple. There are people who are going to like see the kit and just not like it. Yeah. I think it really depends on sort of what mindset you come into it. I think as like a Sounders fan, there's plenty of reason for people to be like, well, it isn't any of the Sounders colors and be frustrated or upset. I think if you came in having like, allowed yourself to get worked up by the various leaks that had come out. Like it makes sense to come in with that frame of mind and not like it. I think generally if you're just a person and you see someone wearing 
that as a shirt on the street, your response is going to vary from like, oh, that's interesting to, oh, that's cool mm-hmm. with some, you know, people who just think it's ugly or whatever. But generally speaking, I think it just is a really cool, interesting looking thing. Yeah. And that's fashion, right? That's that. I mean, that is all like anything that's taking a risk fashion wise is by definition, like it has downside potential. Right. And so I I think, and I guess if from a 10,000 foot perspective, I like the direction that this is going where the sounders are taking a risk where they are going. I mean, this is painting widely outside the box. I think, I mean, like you can, I guess you can argue that the, the last two primary kits were also risky and that they don't look great. I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't love them. I don't hate them, but I happen to own both of them because I, I played in the media game and those were the ones I ended up with. I, I don't think I've flex. worn. Yeah. I don't think I've worn either one of them. Uh, even though one of them has the, the slogan for sounder at heart on it. Uh, I still, that like, wasn't quite enough to get me totally on board. But I don't think this is a, like, in general, Rave Green was a risk. And I thought that that charted an interesting course for the Sounders. I appreciate that. I kind of like that other fans make fun of it because it does give us, like, like I'll take Rave Green over Royal Blue all day just because it's like there's a million Royal Blue teams out there, right? I do think we could have a nice blue kit if they wanted to go that direction. The Pacific Blue was a banger. I think we could get uh, another I agree. One. Yeah, no, I, that, yeah, I, I meant as like your primary look as like the, but you're right. I think, and they haven't really leaned into the blue that much. Uh, I think they've only had they've two. Only, two, well, two, I guess if you count Super Cyan, but that I would. Oh, count. three then. Right. But um, I wouldn't count Super Cyan. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, that is sort of from the jump, the I, brand identity has been being a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that, and that's where I appreciate it. Cause I feel like in the last few years, maybe they've like, certainly like you go to the heritage kit, which was 16 and 17. Is that right? 17, 18. Well, whatever the, when, when they went to, especially when they went to heritage, but even before that, when they first came out with the Olympic whites, I think you can go all the way back to the Olympic whites, which was 2015, I think. And they've had pretty safe kits. Like they used, they've used black, but really black's not a risk anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this is the first time where they've gone with a really outlandish pattern, a color that was really off their, off their palette. And I appreciate the risk. And I think that I really appreciated the whole marketing apparatus around it because it showed some effort. And I, I feel like in the past, like they explained the kits, but it always felt like they were, coming up with an explanation after the fact. Right. I mean, it. with prior kits, it's sort of been, you know, I feel like it's, there's a whole category of kit speak, which is similar to like the explanations when a team does a rebrand and they have a new crest and like each- the circle is unity. Right. Each little thing that is just a design element doesn't have to have a broader philosophy behind it but like if you're going to do something like this you do kind of need a reason and I think from that perspective like I think this kit's gonna look really good on the field I think generally speaking it's going to look good in person because in my opinion they're 
haven't really been, I mean, there's just not very many ugly kits out there because teams need to sell jerseys because otherwise brands won't want to work with them. And so brands aren't going to actively put out dog crap. Um, (laughs) I think, you know, there are some limited exceptions, but generally speaking, like things are usually going to, as a standalone thing, look okay. I think in every sort of category, the team has like hit the nail on the head with this kit that it, I think looks good, whether it's something you personally want to wear or not. I think it's a cool looking design. The story behind it is really cool. And the way that they worked that story into the design itself is cool. I think the sort of broader goals that are being accomplished through the partnership created around this kit is all really cool. The use of the Puyallup Tribe logo instead of the Emerald Queen Casino logo is a really cool touch to have with this kit. And yeah, all of the media that was produced around it by the team is incredible. By far the best launch that they've ever had. And I also like what it heralds beyond the bold kit design. I also like the full embrace of the music scene here. Like from Jimi Hendrix all the way to like the black tones to, you know, uh, soul, Sir Mix-a-Lot, like just bringing in a lot of current artists and, and kind of like embracing it in a way that felt real and felt uh, organic. And I, I think that they, since they've been using, you know, um, Watchtower as an intro song for all this time, it felt like it wasn't like they just plucked a famous musician out of thin air and, said like this is who we're doing a tribute to so it it just felt real it felt like there wasn't a lot forced about it uh you know i think you can you can certainly go up and down and argue about the psychedelic nature of the jersey and the colors and you can and i think those are all valid valid but i just like what it says by the design direction and the and and like just the whole thing i I mean i'm like loving the idea of having more of a real relationship with the local music scene. I mean, I think that sort of, you know, is a much larger goal for the organization beyond just this kit or this, like getting more connected with the music scene. Um, When I, I spoke with, shoot, I, don't want to get her name wrong, but I spoke with someone from the Sounders and specifically from their sort of outreach outreach arm um, when I wrote about all of the events that the team had done for Black History Month. And they really spoke about wanting to make this sort of deeper and broader connection to the community, not just in Seattle, but in the region at large beyond Black History Month beyond a jersey um i think you know their partnership with the northwest african-american museum is continued through this that's one of the organizations benefiting from the jersey sales uh it really seems like you know connecting with the music scene connecting with the food and restaurant and bar scene like they have with their partnerships with intentionalist like these are all a part of really 
making the team more of a community fixture in yeah. many ways, which is it's a really cool thing to see happen with a team that we all already like. And, and I'll add, you know, there's there's obviously an element of you got to keep like you can't just say this stuff you got to show me and i think they're doing the showing right now like time will tell how long this lasts you know if if in a year or two this all feels like it's faded to the background it will be disappointing and we'll know that it was really a bit of a you know it, it was it wasn't as real as it felt but right now it feels like they're doing it the right way they're saying all the right things and I, and I, I know I've said this, but I like the direction and I think it's encouraging. Um, and I do like the kit. Um, it's, it'll be interesting. Like one of the things that we've run into now is it's almost too popular. It looks like, like it's sold out on MLS store. Apparently it's basically selling out at the pro shop. The Sounders said it was the fastest selling Jersey they've ever had, which seems to be a reasonably high bar. Uh, Beth, are you hearing any of these stories about the the sellouts and and what do you make of all that? Yeah, I think it I think it's cool that people saw it today. They saw the storytelling and they immediately were like, okay, well, I need to go get it right now. Right. Um, especially like in the middle of a pandemic, people were like, you know what I'm gonna do with my day today? I'm gonna go to the pro <laughs> shop, <laughs> which like good for you. Um, I saw that they had some cool activations at the stadium pro shop with like a background yeah. um, for photo- for pictures and then like the scarf giveaway. Um, so I thought I thought it was cool that people were like that jazzed about the kit. Um, I feel like sometimes this gets overlooked in kit releases, but like the most important thing is that the fan base feels that they can connect themselves to it in some way. And I think that this this jersey went bold enough and it gives you enough to kind of leech onto in some way um, yeah. that everyone can like kind of make it mean something for them and make it mean something for us as a fan base. And like, ultimately, that's really what it's for. I don't want to, I don't want people to have like bad memories associated with this kit, but like instead that like they like, they saw some part of themselves or some part of the fan base or some part of their experience kind of like reflected by it, which is a, a, a tall ask for a shirt. But yeah. I think that this has the possibility of doing that. That's a, that's a really great point. You know, teams only really have, like I would say that the Jersey release in soccer has become the kind of moment where a team can connect with their fan base. That's not about what's, the product on the field and you know you could like i know the sounders have done fan fests and things like that but that's really about like you got to show up and you got to be there and it's there's not like an on there's not like an online element to a fan fest. i mean we're i guess we're trying to do that on yacht college right now but like it's not the same thing and this is this is like i think the the biggest i hadn't thought of it this way but i think that was a great observation beth that this is like maybe the singular moment that a team can like project its brand and its identity onto the fan base and like, you know, like, and bring it back and take something with it and everyone can feel part of it. And people are really, I mean, I think that's one of the things that we've seen in the last week, last couple of days is people get really passionate about this stuff. And I think the Sounders have in the past somewhat been like, yeah, it's not our thing. Not, you know, like, yeah, we get that people are really into kits. And in fact, I've had people with the Sounders tell me this, like, 
like we're us just not that's not our thing we're not really that into it and i think that that's a missed opportunity especially yeah. when you've gone out and been like oh we're the rave green team i i think that kit releases are a giant part of marketing for any team and if you're not doing at the absolute most with it you're you're missing out on a lot of ways to connect with your fans um and so i'm glad to see that like the sounders they made a compelling campaign for this jersey um, and I think that's why it sold so fast is because they convinced you that you wanted it and you loved it. Right. I mean, You've it, been seems convinced. Like, it seems like that sort of come with in those earlier days of the MLS era, the team really talking about wanting to be a global team and part of this like broader culture of soccer clubs. And I think, in doing that in a lot of ways, the things that make a team a Seattle team kind of got lost and they depended on the fan base in particular, like the most fervent of supporters, whether that's the supporters groups or, you know, season ticket holders to sort of shoulder that weight of making the team a Seattle team. And some of that was carried through within the club itself, whether that's Adrian Hanauer in the front office and Chris Henderson and guys like Brian Schmetzer and having local players. But um, part of me wonders if, you know, the last year has had an influence on the club really refocusing on the fact that being in Seattle is what makes them the Seattle Sounders and focusing and making that a priority and how they message themselves and how they, you know, draw fans who have been legally required to stay away back into that familiar embrace. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to watch happen. I, you guys are both making some, I, I love the way you're taking this because it's making me think like that there is more, I think there is something more to this. Like, I, I think you're right. I think that there's, like, I think there was an awakening within the organization that it's like, look, if we're going to like so much of what we are is connecting with our fans, but we haven't always connected with it in a local, in like the, a locally focused way. And I think you're right. In 2009, when this team launched, I think Seattle was also a very different, like it wasn't that different, but it had a very different perception. It wasn't this, it didn't have the perception of being a global city. It was still kind of this, you know, backwater up in the Pacific Northwest. And we, I don't think that's really the case anymore. I think it's recognized now as a global city. It's recognized as a, as you know, like a place that tourists go. Right. And it's, and it's like, it has a brand and I don't think they need to convince anyone that we play soccer here in Seattle and we're a big time. It's now like, no, we're going to embrace the Seattleness of this. We don't need to be a globe. If we become a global brand by embracing Seattle, so be it, but we don't need to like go out and, be like oh we're a global brand we want to be big on the world we can be huge in seattle and that's gonna you know like not to say that they're on the level of liverpool but it's like that's what i think liver a team like liverpool does is they say like we're liverpool fc and we've become a global brand as a result of that and i would imagine that maybe that's the model that they're looking at uh you know and i i think 
I think this might be some of the influence of Peter Tomazawa, who is the the new president of business. This is the he's the first time that they've had a dedicated president of business who's thought about the team this way. Like has like that has been his whole job is to think about it like that, and and so I wonder if that's that's part of it. And it, it is a funny thing because it has been such a Seattle club at its core. You know, the owners, the primary owner has been uh, Adrian Hanauer is from Seattle. You know, the coach now, Brian Schmetzer, you look at the organization. There's so many people here that are like Wade. Well, like how many teams have a USL and a, and a MLS head coach who are both legitimately from the region? Like, I don't know that that's that not a lot of top division teams in the world can have that pair. Right. Uh, and so I don't think they need to convince, like, why not just lean into that? Like we are a Seattle team. Seattle's a big deal. I hope that this heralds that direction. Yeah. Oh, you go ahead. Um, I haven't finished my marketing degree yet, so this may be wrong. But <laughs> I, I think I can say that in order to become a global brand, it's not about making yourself just like available to everyone. It's more about like drawing people in to where you are. Like it's about drawing people into Seattle so that they want to be affiliated with, to in, with Seattle in some way that may not be physical. Like they may not have feet on the ground in Seattle, but they're drawn to the city and they're drawn to the, the club. And that's like what links you to people around the world. It's not making the Sounders palatable for every single person across the ends of the earth. It's like making the Sounders something that people want to be associated with, which I think sometimes can get lost when you already have a really strong group of fans. And I think that's kind of what we've seen is you take that for granted that the fans are going to keep you connected to Seattle, but sometimes you also need to do that legwork. Yeah, I think, and that's, that feels like actually a really good place to end this. Um, I really, I, is this actually getting me pumped up about maybe what else is, is in the, in the pipe here? Because it, I, I hope this is the hair, this is like a, a kind of a, a, a refresh and, something that they can kind of pick catapult forward because obviously us being in Seattle, it's exciting to think that like we will be the, like we're going to be what like makes this club, um, which I think is always, it's been that way, but I don't necessarily think the team has always embraced that aspect of it. Uh, and, and so like, hopefully this is a good, great, great starting point. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed this little, detour we took and and talked about not soccer for a little while but uh thanks for thanks for joining us i'm jeremiah shan signing off for beth mantle and tim foss this is the sounder at heart podcast and we will see you next time and by the way go check out yacht college still got a couple classes tim and beth actually are going to be running a pub quiz on saturday so make sure you check that one out uh you can find tickets on eventbrite slash yacht i don't know probably that'll probably get you there Uh, Anyway, uh, we'll see you next time.